Hi everyone, this is Esther Mbavazi, host of the Movule podcast, where we talk about nature, the environment, and climate change. I am a photographer and nature lover from Uganda. This show started through the Apollo Forests, a tree planting project that got me asking questions about nature and our role in the environment. The podcast is named Muvule after a beautiful and majestic indigenous tree species of hardwood, which is sadly being overexploited to rarity. On the show, I'll be chatting with people in the environmental spaces, from activists to storytellers, scientists, farmers, policymakers, among others. Today, we're talking about stories with Rufasia Molefe, a filmmaker from Botswana, who will share with us her experience with conservation storytelling. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Can you please introduce yourself? Well, my name is Rufasia Molefe from Botswana. I'm an emerging filmmaker in the producing, directing, writing roles. And I have successfully completed my first nature and wildlife short film in 2020. What got you into filmmaking? Why filmmaking? Well, when I was a little girl, um, my mother loved watching movies. So watching movies on weekends was our our culture in the house. So she taught me a lot about uh, picking out great movies with great storytelling and great acting performances. You know, I always imagine myself that one day I might be a filmmaker, just writing scripts and uh, being a director. But then I didn't know how I was going to be one. So... When I was in my early teens, I started reading a lot of novels. So I explored a, a lot of books from crime to romance to um, poetry, just various genres of novels. So that's how my love for storytelling solidified, basically from watching movies and reading a lot of books. Wow, that's really interesting and kudos to your mom, you know. Um, <laughs> that exposure goes a long way, you know. Yes. It's really impressive. And so um, how do you go from dreaming about being a filmmaker to actually making your first film? Well, I, I didn't have the privilege of going to film school because at the time when I was at university, we didn't have a film school and those programs were not there but I managed to get a job as a scriptwriter for a video marketing company and I learned on the job uh, what script writing was and I would watch um, the other guys that I was working with um, just observing them on set and how they're using cameras so that's how I learned about the bits and pieces of filmmaking but in terms of nature and wildlife filmmaking, it happened by chance because I was traveling to the Okavango Delta. I was in desperate need of a new traveling experience. So I followed up on a conversation that I had with a friend who told me that there are communities living in the Okavango Delta. 
initially my idea of the Okavango Delta was a wilderness where there was just no possibility for human life because it's the untamed wilderness. So I found it very fascinating and I thought after that, uh, my curiosity and set foot in the Okavango Delta and experienced the wilderness for the first time. At the time, I didn't think I would come back with a story. I thought I was just going to come back with a new experience, just like the, the experiences that I've had before. But it's what happened when I arrived in the Okavango Delta on that first day when a community member I met earlier that day, a young man, was killed by an elephant later that day in the late afternoon. And that was the, the spark um, of the story. So I was immediately hit with the reality of human-animal coexistence, which I was never aware of before. And I was hit with the reality of the fear that I imagined the people of those communities were living with every day of their lives, having to share the same ecosystem with wildlife. And I took up my cell phone and I had a pocket camera and started taking pictures and started recording interviews and asked community members if I could experience a part of their life, they would allow me to come to the river with them and harvest the reed and teach me how to harvest water lilies. So by putting myself in that position, I was able to actively experience what it's like to live there. And I sort of had the experience of the intensity of, you know, that way of life and just how hard it was and how physically tasking it was. Maybe because I'm not from there and everything was new. But that gave me a whole new perspective, and I think that shaped how I approached the story. <laughs> what an amazing experience that must have been. So the film is called Whisperers of the Delta. Yes. An amazing name. Thank you. And we will link it to the episode so people can actually go and watch it and learn more about the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And for someone who is not well-versed with the Okavango Delta. Can you please just paint a picture of um, the Delta and how important it is to, you know, not just this community, not just Botswana, but how important of a natural resource it is? Well, the Okavango Delta is situated in the north part of the country and it's the wetlands and that's where you find part of the untamed wilderness or wildlife in the country. What I learned about the Okavango Delta is the importance of water. So all life in the Okavango Delta depends on the water source there, depends on the river. And I got to see how all life is connected to the river. And it's so pure. You want to understand what it's like to be in an environment that has never been tarnished and it's it's what it's supposed to be. That's where you go. I, I don't have the words to describe it. I don't think I ever will, even though I keep going back. Um, I don't have the words. I don't have the words to describe the Okavango Delta. And the best way to know is to go there and experience it yourself. But I've got to understand the importance of water 
in a completely different way. In the Okavango Delta, it has a completely different meaning. It's spiritual, it's powerful, it's, it's something else. Like I said, I, I don't have the words to do justice. <laughs> to, you know, I, I don't have the words to describe it, really. I agree. I have had an amazing opportunity to visit the Okavango Delta. And it's something that, as you say, it is unexplainable. Just being out there, you know, just being out there in the middle of nowhere, really just coexisting with the wildlife and meeting the amazing communities that we saw that was really moving. So I fully agree. People should visit it. (laughs) What are the ways that communities have come up with to peacefully coexist with, you know, with the elephants, with the wildlife in the Delta? What I've discovered is that since the Wai tribe settled in the Okavango Delta, they've always relied on indigenous knowledge. And what really intrigued me was that there was such a huge respect to nature those respect to territory and the knowledge itself it's something you can't find anywhere else but it's passed on from generation to generation it's not scientific they're able to to distinguish between different animals just by listening to the chewing sounds they're able to look at the water patterns on the river so that they understand what animal is beneath it's that knowledge that shaped my perspective of how important indigenous knowledge is. So they really rely on it because they don't have access to science. And I think that's how they are able to just peacefully coexist. It's their home. And if I asked a few of them if they would ever consider to leave, and then they said, no, where else would I go? This is all I know. This is my life. It's a kind of relationship that I wouldn't understand as an outsider. And I think the mystery is necessary because uh, it's special in its own way. And I think it should be kept that way. Amazing. That's a powerful statement, though, because most of the times as storytellers, we can come into a space and try to find answers. And we tend to always want to live with the answers, you know, full on answers. But I think it's totally okay to just go and exist in a space and learn about a culture, a community, and live the community with this knowledge that you have gained and the experience. What was the most outstanding moment for you from the whole experience of being out in the community and working on your film? First thing is that being in the wilderness for the first time for those five days brought out something in me. I was alive. It's like I got to experience what it was like to connect with nature and it it tapped into my instinct that part of me was even unlocked so it felt like it it was closed off this whole time and then I went into the delta and then I got into the survival mode and then it made me feel powerful and then I started to gain all the strength that I didn't think I had because you know I was there and I had to make it through those days. So I was I surprised myself in in that regard and the second thing that really stood out for me was the strength of the women. 
I understand that in today's society, there's still these boxes that we are told that we need to fill up. I, I was really inspired by the strength of the women and just how confident they were in that space and in that environment. And just watching them do what they do every day made me really understand how diverse they were and how beautiful that was as well. So it, it helped me start to think of beauty in a different way. That stood out for me a lot. They had the kind of strength that I didn't think I had. They just navigated their way through the wilderness with ease. And I think that set the tone for how I experienced the wilderness. You know, like it's, it's okay, you can live here, you can be one of us. It's accessible to everyone. Nature is for everyone. So that stood out for me, that the strength of the women. And of course, lastly, the stories that I heard. Um, there are so many fascinating stories from the communities of the Okavango Delta. And I felt like it was a shame because I live so far away. If only I could be there longer. It just shows you how beautiful of a place the Okavango Delta is. It truly really is its own world. And like I said, uh, I think it's I think it's necessary to just let you know the mysterious remain mysterious. <laughs> you know, I'm not interested in knowing all the answers. I think the the mystery makes it unique. Yes. Wow. It should be that way. <laughs> wow, wow, that's that's deep because yes. um, nature does that to us, right? Mm. Nature has the power over us in such an important way. And I'm yeah. glad that that was an experience for you. Mm-hmm. You're into conservation filmmaking now. And this has been a space for a very long time. As you know, Western photographers, filmmakers, scientists, researchers, conservation as a whole hasn't been very inclusive you know especially to the people in those communities and areas so why do you think it's very important for africans you know to tell their own stories when i went into the okavango delta and told them that i'm interested in making this um a film and i'm going to make an attempt to get funding and come back to tell the story. There was an element of surprise that someone from Botswana who's young and she's female and she's black, she's going to the Okavango Delta and suddenly decides that she's going to make a film. It made me realize that that doesn't happen often. Even from the community members, there was an element of surprise and then they expressed that well. Not many people come to us and express interest in our lives and want to know how we live. So I got to see how that made them happy and how they were just refreshed, especially that interest was coming from someone who could speak that language. So there was a lot of comfort and they were free to just be themselves because we were able to connect on the fact that we come from the same nation and we speak the same language. Even though our cultures may be slightly different, we are the same one way or the other. That's amazing because 
in the end, when you tell stories that you're close to, stories that you care about, it actually shows, you know, it shows in the work itself. And when you're talking about the women and the connection you had, I can see that in the film. I can mm. feel it. I can feel that these women welcomed you and exactly what you're saying, they invited you in. It's really beautiful and uh, I'm glad you got to have the, the opportunity to do that because these are important stories. So what advice do you have for young people out there? Well, I would say don't wait to have all the resources. Don't wait for the perfect time. I had a cell phone and a pocket camera. I made the effort to be there. You know, it's important for us not to second guess ourselves. I went there not knowing what to expect and not even sure if I was making the right decision. I didn't say, well, I'm going to make a conservation film. Yeah. I just wanted a different traveling experience. And the timing that when I landed there, all these events started happening. I think it was meant to be that I was supposed to be there and tell that story. Don't wait for the perfect time. Yeah. You know, don't wait to have all the right skills and know all the right people. Start wherever you are yeah. with whatever you have. And then the rest will fall into place. Yes, it yes. does fall into place eventually. That's what uh, what should um, the people going to listen to this and follow you online, what should they be looking out for? For my second concept, I'm trying to explore beyond whispers of the Delta. I'm trying to see what is it that women are up to in their conservation space. But I'm definitely exploring more stories in nature, wildlife, um, climate change, um, and conservation. So that's where I'm at. Amazing. And, um, <laughs> and if you want to see what I'm up to, you can follow me on Instagram at Rufashia Molefe. Yeah, thank you very much for taking the time and um, sharing with us. Well, thank you so much for bringing me on to that first uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining me on this journey of the movement podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe and share this show. Also, please follow us at Mugule Podcast on social media. Thank you.